now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out with Matthew Tosh and Steffi Barnett. This week we are in theatrical mode, all lovers, as we look at two shows in the forthcoming Vault Festival. You are going to die. Well, eventually, yes, Matthew. That's the name of one of the shows. Good. And we've also got a bit of Bendy Bollywood thrown into the mix, plus your weekly roundup of news. That's all coming up on Shout Out. I must also Hello. welcome our very own Terry Stark. Oh, that's kind of you. Thank in the you. studio this week. It's lovely to be in the studio with, with you and Steffi. And with such a star. Oh, I see what you did there. Mr. Terry okay. Starr. Okay, yeah, very Somebody good. Somebody once said I have a bad equity name. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which is probably true. It could, it could work on many levels, that statement, couldn't it? Couldn't it? Could, couldn't it? Good. So we've got lots of coming up. We've got the, the this Vault Festival, very, very interesting. It's been back before it takes place in March. We'll get all the information about that. We're talking to a couple of people involved in that, starring it and doing doing performances, aren't we? Yep, two actors. Yes. We can cope with them. Um, and we've had several people being in touch with the, the, the show about things coming up. But what I one of the things I want to start with is uh, Eurovision. Tickets went on sale, didn't they, a few days ago? They did and sold out almost immediately. Mm. But I heard uh, a news report yesterday um, about the tickets. A lot of the tickets were snapped up by Q-Jumping software ah. Ah. Um, used by Ticket Touts. And now they're on reseller websites. So that's well, a bit that's un- naughty. It's that's really very naughty. naughty. Yeah. It's very naughty. Um, it's a known issue um, with a lot of the ticket agencies, the online yeah. ticket agencies, because you you know you sign and you get your place in the queue and then you're, you're eagerly watching the screen. That's part of the build-up, um, and that sort of um, reduces the stress on the on the on the server, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the website. But there are people programming bits of software to keep blasting the, the servers and, 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 and they've found a way of, of queue jumping on some of the ticketing systems and there is evidence to suggest that that happened on the Eurovision site as well oh, so shame, yeah it? it's, 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 it's a real shame so it's um, if, if you're one of the people that didn't get a ticket um, I'm so sorry to hear that um, but if you did manage to get a ticket then I'm very jealous <laughs> I guess I'll be watching it on BBC One as usual, but congratulations to May Muller. Yep. Oh, that's the that's the the act. The act got through. The UK. Yeah, it was announced this morning mm, on um, it was uh, on our friends from BBC Radio Two. Yeah, so brilliant. May, May Muller. May Miller. Uh, yeah, Just right. Miller, 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 not Miller. Oh, Miller. So I was right. M U double L E R. Okay, very good. Like the yogurt company. Similar, but no acutes over the years. No umlaut. Umlaut, yes. That's what they call it in Germany, isn't it? Umlaut. I think it's a German surname. Anyway, we've digressed. We've gone completely off. So yeah, Eurovision coming up. Yeah, brilliant. And that's good. I'm sure we'll be talking about more of that in the coming weeks. But from Eurovision. Let's go to Bollywood, shall we? 
because um, uh, we've had um, notification that there is a a BBC Three uh, programme coming up. Um, It stars a dancer character called Vinay, who tries to stage the biggest event of his career and change his life forever in in, in this brand new documentary for BBC Three. It's called Bend It Like Bollywood. Good title. Do you like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're hoping to get Vinay on uh, for an interview very shortly. That would be that would be very cool if we if we do get him on on the show. Um, but Vinay gives a whole new meaning to Bollywood. A gender non-conforming dancer who believes that you don't have to dance like a man or a woman. I like this, but can do it in a non-gendered way. Basically, just be yourself on the dance floor. I think that's that's fantastic. And he's put his belief on the line by opening his own Bollywood dance classes in his own image, calling them Bolly Queer. They've proved successful with with attendances high, valuing Vinay's unique and personal brand of dance. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's coming up. Um, it goes on to say the description here that Vinay hasn't always been uh, felt free to be himself. Growing up in Leicester, he felt unable to live his life as a visibly out and queer person, worried what his community and family would think of his sexuality and way of life. And this led him to suppress being gay so he could fit in with everyone around him. Then, feeling rejected by the people of his hometown, Vinay left for the bright lights and freedom. Of the capital. Now we've been sent a, a little um, little clip, and this is from the promo. And we'll we'll have a we'll have we'll have a listen to this, and uh, this gives you a flavour of what Bend It Like Bollywood is all about. I'm Vinay. I'm 21 years old, and I'm a Bollywood dance teacher. I identify as queer and gender non-conforming. When I dress femme, I feel powerful and fabulous. But it's hard finding places where I can be both queer and South Asian. So I founded a dance class called Bolly Queer. Through these classes, queer people of colour are able to express themselves and also connect with others. Now I want to help people like me come together up and down the country and I'm going to start with my hometown, Leicester. But I'm not sure if the community I grew up in is ready for something like this. You just said batty boy. I'm worried about how my dad might react to me being publicly gender non-conforming in Leicester. Even if you like certain things, you can be targeted. It's important to me to not risk my relationship with my dad. But also, I don't want to sacrifice any of my queerness. Oh, look at you, little queer superhero. I'm pretty sure I want to do this. Yeah, I like that. But I'm really worried about what could happen if things go wrong. If it doesn't do well and if people don't come, it's going to be quite a lot for me to process. I think I'll be quite upset. And I want to meet other queer South Asians along the way. I might fall in love with you, you know. Oh, that would be nice. I'm setting up Bolly Queer in a new city, and I've only got four weeks to do it. God, it's just a bit scary, like, there's gonna be people in it. Oh my God, is it gonna even look busy? There are so many unknowns, and that's what scares me. 
There we go. That was a trail from Bend It Like Bollywood. It explores gender, family and community. It's a moving and ultimately life-affirming film that follows Vinay as he tries to bury the ghosts of his past and puts it all on the line to stage the biggest show of him life. Now, if you want to watch this, it's on BBC Three on Wednesday, the 15th of March. It starts at nine o'clock. That's uh, nine o'clock next Wednesday on BBC Three. Bend it like Bollywood. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go. Nothing else matters. You listen. You listen to Shout Out. That's why nothing else matters. Uh, Steph, what a voice. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I love my It's a gritty, gritty arrangement, though. I like that one. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very good. Um, right, we're going to talk about the Vault Festival now. It's coming back uh, later this month. Steph has been chatting to one of the participants, Adam Scott Rowley. Right, Vault Festival has come round again. And um, I'm joined by Adam Scott Rowley. And you're going to be doing a segment called you're going to die just <laughs> not gonna i'm not gonna embellish on that title because i'm gonna allow you to tell us what it's about sure yeah i mean um yeah it sounds quite sort of foreboding really but uh it's not <laughs> um it's a show that i perf- well I, I perform it uh entirely naked um it's about an hour long show um it's quite sort of dreamlike and abstract and it's there's a little bit in it that's about um that's about death but it's not just about death in a in a literal sense you know we we kind of touch on themes of death maybe the death of an ego or the death of a moment or you know the death of a thought so it's more about these sort of dreamlike um natural endings of things maybe rather than uh just being about mortality you know now you say you do it naked how difficult was it to decide to do that and actually have you have you done a performance yet that that you've done naked well i have actually my, my previous show uh called this is not culturally significant um i did that a few years ago and i, I performed that one naked too um so yeah it's becoming a bit of a running theme <laughs> um but 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 there is a reason behind it um and it it really comes it comes down to vulnerability um and you know trying to sort of come back to basics a little bit trying to um trying to instill this idea of sort of common humanity and you know underneath all of these ideas and concepts and our clothes you know maybe ultimately um ultimately we're sort of more similar as a as a species than than we give ourselves credit sometimes so it's really supposed to be about a message of compassion um and a sort of shared experience of vulnerability um and so i hope that the nudity in some way contributes to that now um it, it does say in the press release nail biting now mm-hmm. i think it that's nothing to do with your nakedness but actually <laughs> what, what you're performing well i i hope so <laughs> yeah i hope so i mean I, you know there are some quite extreme moments in it and i you know i do like to make theater and performance that's challenging and you know sort of in your face and i and i love a i love a sort of um a surrealist take on things um so it, it does go to some quite um 
out there challenging places but but it's always underpinned with this sense of of humor and and like i said common humanity and and joy and bringing people together now you're covering things like loneliness pain existential anxiety um is there anything that do you bring people back from that? Is that where you start at low and then you start to bring it back? Yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, I think that the, you know, there's always joy in these things, isn't there? You know, even if we go deep into something like pain or, or anxiety, I mean, there's always sort of two sides to these things and you know to understand pain perhaps you have to understand ecstasy or to understand anxiety you have to understand relaxation you know they're not they're not, they're not one of the same thing um and so I, I try to always incorporate that and sort of sort of address these topics um you know i don't quite know what the word is but maybe sort of holistically you know um always always trying to surprise people maybe that that there is a little bit of uh, of joy to be found in pain or vice versa you know this is at the the vault theater now how do people get tickets um and where is it what theater is it being held and how do people follow you on social media so it's on it in uh, in the cage suitably named space for me to be on um uh, at the vault festival which is uh, it's sort of underneath waterloo station um so that that's a general area of it but if you go onto the vault festival website you can look up the show you are going to die and you'll see all, all the information on it there um it's on from the the 14th to the 19th of march um and then if you want to find a little bit more about me i'm not quite sure why you would but you can follow me on social media um uh, adam scott rowley on on twitter or or my website adam yeah that you just saying those words why would you want to that now means that people will want to because we'll find out more about you, Adam. Well, reverse psychology, you see. I'm not silly. Exactly. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for joining us and break a leg with your performance. Thank you very much. Well, funnily enough, I've actually broken both of my wrists last <laughs> week. I, I came off my bike in Brixton and broke both of them. Um, so uh, I've got to have an operation on Friday to pin bits of that back together. But but we're still doing the show, so um, wow. we'll carry on regardless. So you're not quite <laughs> naked then? Not quite, no. I've got two casts on, so I'm, I'm lying a bit in my blurb, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might get done for false advertising now. <laughs> well, I hope you heal very quickly, Adam. And um, <laughs> yeah, good luck for your future. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. I do like a little bit of Aretha Franklin there. Rolling in the deep here on Shout Out. You're listening to Matthew Tosh, Steffi Barnett and Terry Starr, who is standing by with the new... Well, he's actually sitting down, aren't you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Figuratively speaking, stand by with that. So we'll get the news. Here we go. This is Shoutout News on Thursday the 9th of March. 
atheist campaigners in the city of Bristol have been alert to a campaign of illegal fly-posting being carried out by an apparent Christian fundamentalist. Across the city, public property has been defaced with stickers, posters and graffiti telling people to repent. Although there is nothing specifically homophobic in the messages, the fact that there is a high concentration of this graffiti near the Rainbow Crossing on Wine Street suggests that the perpetrator may hold anti-gay opinions. The handwriting has been looked at compared with direct vandalism of the Rainbow Crossing, which took place in 2019, and there appears to be a correlation. Atheist bloggers condemned the vandalising of public property, with one remarking, far from being law-abiding citizens, these acts show that religious extremists will break any law they wish to force their views on people. Bristol City Council says unwanted graffiti costs the council and the people of Bristol money. To help tackle graffiti, you can remove it from your property as soon as possible, report it to the council for removal, or report it to the police. The Sky Arts Channel has celebrated International Women's Day in fine style by transmitting an acclaimed documentary series on women who rock. With contributions from across the pop and rock spectrum, including Cindy from the B-52s and the riot girl punk band Bikini Kill, the series celebrates trailblazers such as Janis Joplin, folk rock singers such as Joni Mitchell and punk rock feminists like Polly Styrene of X-Ray Specs, all of whom opened out the rock music scene for later groups and artists. Today, women's rock and pop music is a major genre in its own right, and festivals, zines and podcasts celebrate the contribution to music by women. Hamza Yousaf, the MSP for Glasgow Pollock and a front-runner to succeed Nicola Sturgeon as the leader of the Scottish National Party, has given an interview with the top LGBT plus newswire Pink News, in which he says that he would ensure that LGBTQIA plus rights are part of a revived democratic Scotland. Mr Youssef said he would try and bridge the party's fault lines over trans rights whilst ensuring that the SNP challenges the Westminster Conservative administration over the latter's shredding of devolution arrangements by blocking gender recognition reform. Mr Youssef said that he recognised that there were gender-critical currents within the SNP but added that they could be persuaded through evidence and debate and he said that the party's disciplinary procedures were robust enough to deal with homophobic and transphobic people. Pink News notes that amongst his key priorities if elected would be to ensure that conversion therapy by anti-gay groups is formally outlawed and that Scotland would press ahead with legislation if Westminster continue to stall on the issue. Spain's Congress and Senate has approved a bill known colloquially as the Trans Law because it allows for self-identification of gender. But the law also implements a formal nationwide ban on anti-gay and anti-trans conversion therapies. Wikipedia notes that previously, conversion therapies had been more patchy with local laws enacted by regional legislatures to stop them. Irene Montero, the Spanish Equalities Minister, told reporters that the new legislation, which also liberalises abortion access and gives provision for paid menstrual leave from work, was a giant step forward. US-based gay newswire LGBTQ Plus Nation said that Ms Montero had also hit back at Conservative deputies who had said that trans rights were taken too far in the new legislation and that women would be at risk. She remarked, No man needs to impersonate women, to rape women, to sexually assault women, so trans people do not put us cisgender women at risk. 
Now in football news, the Gay Football Supporters Network have these results from recent matches. Nottingham Lions 7, Birmingham Blaze 2, Charlton Invicta 9, Soho 3 and Soho 2, Nottingham Lions 2. As of the 4th of March, the GFSN League One table of LGBTQIA plus football teams is led by the Nottingham Lions, followed by the Yorkshire Terriers, Charlton Invicta, Leicester Wildcats and Soho. Moving on to entertainment news now. A new documentary on Channel 4 television aired this week looking at the life of the gay hero and amazing soul singer George Michael who started with 80s pop band legends Wham! and evolved into one of the UK's greatest singer-songwriters. The two-part documentary aired earlier this week considered George's sexuality through the prism of his very public arrest in 1988 for... 1998, I'm sorry, for propositioning a police enforcement officer in a public lavatory. Mr Michael refused to let the very sudden exposure of his gayness derail his career, however. Instead, he came out and released tracks celebrating gay male culture as well as videos that were knowing and humorous. The programme met with his family and friends and considered how his sexuality impacted his illustrious career. Sadly, George Michael died on Christmas Day 2016 from a heart attack. However, he left a glitter bomb of love. After his death, many charities and individuals ranging from homeless groups to Childline, revealed that he had given away vast sums of money and volunteered at the front line of services because of his caring nature and positive view of humanity. And finally, in music news, the Eurovision Song Contest has announced its presenting lineup for 2023. As its legion of LGBTQIA plus fans will know, the contest was won by Ukraine last year in an outpouring of support for the country from across the continent in its struggle against imperialist homophobic Russia. However, the security situation in Ukraine means that the BBC has been asked to host this year, and the event will take place from Liverpool. Gay chat show host and Broadcaster Graham Norton will be presenting alongside Hannah Waddington, Alexa Dixon and from the Ukraine, Julia Sanina. Media website Digital Spy notes that Mr Norton will also be performing commentating duties for the BBC One coverage, meaning that he will have a very busy evening. Many LGBTQIA plus pubs and clubs will be marking Eurovision with parties and big screen showings of the finals, which take place on Saturday the 13th of May. That's it for this week's news. At the moment, we're still unable to upload news to our website, but why not keep in touch with one of the many LGBTQIA plus news feeds, podcasts and radio stations available. Just do an internet search and you'll get a choice of dozens. For Shout Out News, this has been Terry Starr. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out podcast. You're listening to Shout Out. That was Sophie Ellis Bexter and Hypnotized. And now it's back with Steph. Right, back to the vault. And um, here's our second production. Now it's called Acid's Rain. Now rain is spelt R-E-I-G-N. So it's as in a king's rain, not pouring with acid rain, just in case you were thinking that we've got some dangerous precipitation. 
Um, I've got um, Joshua Oaks Rogers with me now. This is a drag act, isn't it? So it's an intriguing title. So tell us how that came about. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it was kind of um, Acid's Rain came from a point of looking at finding a way of using the the form of drag and the, the medium of drag to tell, you know, quite a serious subject of, of kind of climate change and, and what's been happening with the world. And so I think it was just a, a good play on words to start with and to, to use the story structure for. Right. Now, let's take you back. How did you get into drag? Well, this is actually going to be, I, I, I have come from a theatre background. Um, so this is going to be kind of a bit of a debut in terms of drag um, for myself. And then in the cast, we have kind of a, this sort of smelting pot of, of different skill sets. So we've got two drag queens, a king, um, an actor. And then we've also got um, a young musical theatre actor who's, whose voice is going to be present as well. So we've got like a real melting pot of lots of different skills um, and we're all kind of using drag as the medium that we've come together in. Okay. Did it take you very long to come up with the, the, the drag character that you have? Well, so the drag character was, um, it was written by our incredible playwright, James McDermott. Um, so it was kind of, it's his, you know, it's his, the, each of the characters are all his writing. Okay. Um, it was more when I was kind of given the script that was when, for me, kind of the, the character came together of who who this person might be. Mm. Do you find it easy to remember your lines? Do you know what? At the risk of sounding really, really smug, I do. <laughs> I find it really easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I think from um, both me and my brother used to, we'd sit and watch films and then just quote them at each other. We'd kind of like, it'd almost be like a challenge of who could say the lines the most especially the Grinch that stole Christmas we'd go from the start of the script and just do the whole thing wow um my poor mum but um yeah so I I've, I've always kind of enjoyed taking taking words in and kind of keeping them as soon as possible so yeah I, I learning lines is fine excellent yeah that, that sounds a bit like my sons they memorized good morning Vietnam and that was their party piece all family functions <laughs> exactly that make everyone watch us while they all kind of grimace at christmas now is this one story that's told throughout or is it separate stories while you're on stage so it's one story you know acid alex acid who who i have the privilege of playing is kind of the central character um and is visited by drag personas of um you know kind of personifications of different parts of the earth so we've got land we've got sea we've got air and we've got mother nature who kind of encompasses all of them um and throughout the piece we meet these these characters and they come to teach alex um about why they should be treasured why they should be loved why they are queer bodies as much as anybody else who need who need a bit of attention you know um and that's kind of how it works. So they always they all come through the stage to 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 visit Alex. Um, yeah. Is there any um, costume changes that you've got to be really quick on during the show? Do you know what? I I I don't leave the stage, so there's no way that's going to happen. But we might have a few parties planned for you. <laughs> um, but okay. How long does it take you to get ready then at the start of the show? That is a very good question, which we'll find out on Friday when I have my first costume fitting. 
Um, so to be oh, so you haven't been practicing with makeup and all that and putting a frock on? But I mean, <laughs> what I do in my spare time is none of your business. <laughs> That's very true. It isn't. <laughs> now, how long does the piece last for? And how many of you are on stage at uh, any one time? So at any one time, you can have anywhere up to up to three bodies on the stage. Um, there's also extra voices that are used. Um, and it's about it's, it's just under an hour long, um, as with all Vault shows. So it's a nice, punchy, quick piece um, filled with lots of pop bangers and drag jokes. What have you got planned for the future now after this? Is there anything lined up or are you just concentrating on this? Um, for, is that for me or for the show? Uh, for you as a person. For me? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got... Um, got a few things in the pipeline but we'll see what we'll see what sticks at the moment my mind is very much set on on acids rain okay do you think there's a slight chance that you might like the drag and stay in it uh, absolutely absolutely it's really infectious thing to to get involved with it's it's about yeah. queer joy you know that's the central focus of this medium and i'm already kind of in love with it so we'll see what happens mm. and i guess you you get to to branch out and be somebody else and just play act and play around with something that's just not you Absolutely. It's like it's a real it's a real kind of um, pure form of creativity because there's there's kind of no rules. You know, the point of it is that there's no rules. It's supposed to be rebellious and it's supposed to be naughty and it's supposed to be all those things. So you can kind of just really, really see how far you can push your creativity with it. Mm -hmm. um, as we've seen across kind of across the UK at the moment, I think the creativity of drag has really, really set a lot of people's imagination on fire. Now, um, the vault takes place in March. Um, now, how can people uh, get tickets and how do they actually follow you as a person on social media? Yes. Um, so it's, yeah, if you go through the vault, that's V-A-U-L-T, like a kind of bank vault, vault festival website, our tickets are available there. We're going to be on from the 14th to the 19th of March. Um, so that's where you can grab your tickets, check, check show times because they do vary slightly on the website there. Um, you can always look at our company um, socials as well, which is at Relish Theatre. And if you're looking for me, I'm on Instagram, but just that because that's more than enough for me. Um, I'm um, at J Oaks Rogers. Joshua Oaks Rogers, thank you so much for joining us at Shout Out. And uh, I guess all I can say now is break a leg. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. For more information about Shout Out Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. Oh, uh, bit of Pet Shop Boys there. I'm going to play them for a while on the show. Wonderful, wonderful track. Bit I'm feeling nostalgic. Do you know, one of the, <laughs> I had a horrifying uh, moment earlier in the week because uh, I. I, 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 I caught up with a friend I'd not seen for quite some time and he said you know the last time we well the first time we met Matthew he said it was 30 years ago wow and I um I didn't realize it had gone that quick and I yes. and that was in the, the 90s the 90s yes 30 years 30 odd years ago and, and I that's I feel I feel old <laughs> Me too, at our award ceremony, it just so happens the official photographer, the lovely uh, chap that was doing the photography, yeah. his husband, I remember from college 30 years ago, Ash and Dave, 
Ah, lovely. Yeah. Had a lovely conversation with them yeah. uh, post uh, event actually, just to to catch up and uh, find find out. Yeah, mm. what well, uh, extraordinary night. Um, if you're wondering about the awards, uh, you can find out uh, what happened at the awards by going to our website mm. shoutoutradio.lgbt. And I uh, there is a podcast there uh, of the awards, and you can listen in and uh, find out all about all the local heroes and, and companies, mm. and uh, not so local ones as well that have been recognised mm. by you the community and uh, it's a very well it's gone down very well so um yeah a great night was had by all uh, yes uh steph you've got uh, you were talking about uh, just as that track was playing uh, you've got some news about jordan gray haven't you? yeah they won independent women 2023 the influence list Ooh. so jordan's Ooh. absolutely over the moon about that there's some very odd people within that list that quite shocked me, but it was not, not 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 including Jordan. No, no. But there's some <laughs> in there that, that. Are very is a very odd choice. But um, yeah, that was um, issued on um, International Women's Day the other day, and um, congratulations, well done, Jordan. Jordan. Yes. yes, congratulations indeed. Yeah, fabulous performer. It's nice yes. to get some positive news because I can't help you know when I turn the radio, I'm going to sound like an old, I'm going to sound like a, 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 a grumpy middle-aged man here, and I, I make no apologies. But it's the it's the rhetoric that that I that I'm I'm hearing a lot of, and I know we've spoken about this as, as a team before. But there it does particularly around politics, and you hear politicians uh, trying to appeal to voters and things. Mm. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are on the, on the way that messages and campaigns are put forward uh, at the moment. Are they using rhetoric that is um, that is uh, segregating and splitting society? Do you think? I think it's, I mean, I blame a lot on social media and I know a number of psychologists have, have pointed that out. But I was listening to the radio just the other day and, you know, the Prime Minister saying, oh, the leader of the opposition is just another lefty lawyer trying to stop my plans to stop migrants. And I was thinking the debasement of public discourse into this name-calling, mm. there was much wrong with the Thatcher administration, but I don't even think Mrs Thatcher would have ever have gone quite that far. Yeah. And In I, the I, debates, there seemed to be a bit more respect, didn't there? There was more respect. It was yeah. right honourable. Even if you didn't like agree that. with what was being said. Yeah, and yeah. I worry that the uh, certain political parties in the UK are taking a leaf out of the Republicans book in the United States Well it's very much fascism isn't it Well yeah and and you know uh, as I was saying you know can democracy withstand some of the layers of abuse of reality and I, I do worry mm. that you know when you have 17% apparently it is according to an Ipsos Mori poll in the United States of Americans believe that you know Hillary Clinton and Angela Merkel and th- the leaders of the free world including her late majesty the queen kept child slaves under a pizza parlor in Washington DC are and, and are all reptiles from the planet to, all of these sorts of strange QAnon type conspiracies mm. a significant minority Unfortunately, it is a minority of people believe this. And uh, as a number of theoreticians have pointed out, democracy was never set up to withstand that kind of level of post-truth uh, paranoia, if no. you like. Yeah. No, indeed. Steph, I, the thing is, is that that is fed by people in politics who are very, very right-wing yeah, and just want to wind people up. Now, um, in the States the other day, they had CPAC, which is Conservative Political Action Cons- uh, Conference, and Michael no- Knowles was um, saying that they should eradicate transgenderism, want to see it gone. I mean, when you've got 
when you got talk like that, that's almost like the mid thirties when when Nazism was just about to to march through Europe. That same sort of get rid of that strand of society, violent that, yeah. talk. Yeah, you know, to yeah. say that point oh two percent of the population they want to eradicate. But the risk is these people with they are in positions of influence and great influence and they're trying to influence and appeal to even more people with these these statements and it's it's frightening and i think um it appeals this kind of rhetoric appeals to the sort of clickbaity reptile part of the brain um that that we all have that's very ancient and mm. just responds on fear and hate and greed and things like that there is no there, there's there, no yeah, there's, know, there's cognitive a, well, it's a very powerful motivator, isn't it? If you mm. frighten people, and we and we saw this, um, whatever your views are and what part, part various political parties did during the, the, the pandemic and what was said, there was a there was a fear that people were going to be infected by something, and you and and it was a it was an incredible motivator and, and a modifier of human behaviour, and yeah, if you frighten people or, or make people fear mm. something, they're going to want to do something about that. Well, the right wing in the states and here saying that is almost contagious on social media that your young kids if they see anything to do with lgbtq matters on social media they're going to catch it you know and it's like desantis in florida another right-wing fascist is now saying he wants to take um, trans children away from their parents we live in dangerous times we live in dangerous we times. do but we do our best to uh, keep you sane and in touch with reality here but time is up don't forget though that you can always catch up on previous shows by visiting our website which is shoutoutradio.lgbt next week it's story time in drag Ooh, I hope you'll be sitting comfortably but for now from Steph me and the rest of the team in other words Terry thank you for your company <laughs> and we'll see you again next week goodbye see you next bye. week bye bye Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.